Blog Talk Radio. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come Eight twenty-eight. This is Miami Six Man Chris C. Uh, I'm a day late on this show as we had a loss in the family. We hit the road for a very long road trip to pay our final respects. And as we do this, it's not lost to me, um, and it occurs to me that there's plenty of people involved with Scientology, whether they're ex-Scientologists or current Scientologists, that don't ever get that opportunity to pay their final respects. Uh, and a lot of times they don't find out till it's too late. About that loss, and, and, and if they find out at all, it's with this in mind. I take you to part one of my three-part, uh, very candid conversation with the truly uh, remarkable Kathy Shankelberg. Enjoy. All right, folks. I'm very happy and very, uh, very lucky to have this guest today. Um, uh, it should be a pretty good and fun interview because she's a wonderful lady. She's fun. She's nice. She's friendly. But she's also got a, uh, a heck of a story that's not a joke, and we're going to get into the whole thing here. Uh, please welcome ex-Scientologist, uh, you might want to call her a Scientologist survivor. Uh, um, <laughs> it's um, Kathy Schenkelberg. Am I saying that right? Schenkel- Schenkelberg? That's close. It's a, it's a long name. It's Schenkelberg. Schenkelberg. Intimidating. I just can't mm-hmm. talk. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's fine. All right, so so well, let me ask you, how are you doing right now at this moment? How are things going for you? Oh, things are really good. I'm I'm uh, traveling with my show that I wrote, Squeeze My Cans, and I'm um, excited about the future of it. We've been trying to book it. My director and I have been trying to get it booked in other venues, and and um, it's it's getting a lot of word of mouth, great reviews, and sell out. We've sold out at the Fringe and in Chicago, and then we're heading to Indiana. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty happy. Yeah, did it start out like in California, and then word of mouth got out, and it got bigger. Chicago wanted it, and then I think Indiana wanted it. Well, actually, I workshopped it. I got into Scientology in Chicago. Um, I was in my early 20s, and um, so I wanted to bring it back to Chicago to the place that I got into Scientology in the early 90s, and um, and workshop it and try it out here because I'm surrounded, I'm a, I'm a theater person, I'm, my degree's in musical theater and I'm as an actress, a voiceover and commercial actor here in Chicago and so I had a lot of community here that, that embraced me when I was, before I was in Scientology, when I was in and after I got out so I thought this would be the best place to start it. Oh, no, excellent, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. I have not read a terrible or a bad review about it. Of course, I haven't read any reviews from the perspective of the Scientology church, but uh, yeah. definitely the, all the good things. Anything uh, anything looking good for Florida? I'd like to go see that show. Oh, you have no idea. I'm working in uh, getting it into Tampa and St. Petersburg, Florida. I worked at American Stage in St. Petersburg a couple years ago. I did God of Carnage there. Um, Carla Hartley was the director. Okay. And, um, yes, I'm trying to get it into Tampa and Clearwater. I've been approached by uh, a couple different places uh, further south near Miami, and I'm hoping for Sarasota. I would love to bring it to Florida because I spent so much time doing my Scientology spiritual, you know, journey in Clearwater, Florida. That's right. 
Right, I've, been, I've, been, I've driven past that building. It's a nice-looking building, but uh, it is kind of scary. You, you see the guys in the white shirts and the tan uh, shorts and walking around with the uh, with the well, clipboards. Yeah, I feel I feel like um, in Clearwater, it's 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 funny because I mean, I when I was in Scientology, I owned a, a place there that I had my parents come to, and on the it was kind of on the water in the Gulf Gulf area on the bay, Gulf to Bay area. Um, and, you know, when you're in, you don't quite realize it. And then when you're out, you go, whoa, that's effed up. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, I definitely want to get into that. We're, we're, I, if you don't mind, I'm going to kind of do a progression through recruitment all the way through. Uh, without, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to hit every single little detail of your experience, but some sure. of the, the highlights and things that people hear on the outside and how uh, some may be blown out of proportion and somehow, uh, some may somehow be uh, right on point. And just mm-hmm. find out which which real and what's not, um, mm-hmm. which I guess is something you go through also as a Scientologist when you start to realize a, a few things. Um, right. I think there's a stigma, and I mentioned this to you before we started recording. I wanted it to be clear that I, I'm never going to ask you any questions or say anything that sounds like I'm questioning your intelligence. I know that the mindset of most people who've never been approached uh, with or been part of a gang or part of a cult or a cult of uh, if anything negative, mm-hmm. don't understand how anyone could end up in something like that. But we right. also have knowledge. We're privy to stuff you weren't privy to the day you got recruited. Uh, Scientology wasn't known the way it's known today um, publicly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I can yeah. understand. Go ahead. It was really, it's funny because I was, I was, um, I had been acting, uh, booking a few commercials here and there. I did a lot of live industrial trade shows if you know what that is, song mm-hmm. and dance stuff. And I waited tables and I was like, I gotta take, I gotta do something that, I just felt like I was being selfish. Everything was kind of geared towards me, even though I was young and, and trying to create a career for myself. I, I I interviewed for the Peace Corps, and I thought, well, this would be a group that I could go away for a year and maybe build houses or help in some way. And I was at an audition, and I met an actress who I had done a commercial with the year before, and I really liked her, and she was beautiful and successful, and. And she asked me how I was doing, and I started to cry. I was just, it was one of those days. I was probably premenstrual, God knows. <laughs> and um, I, she said, hey, I, um, do you have time for coffee? I want to tell you about something that's helped me. And so we met for coffee, and, and literally we were at a, a, I remember it was the Lennox House in Chicago uh, on Ohio. It's not there anymore. And we had coffee for 10 hours. And um, by the end of it, uh, she told me about Dianetics. Uh, the book Dianetics, and um, I had heard about it before but never stepped in, and I left with that book, and then I had an appointment to um, meet somebody who was a a Scientology auditor or counselor, Right. and that's how it started. It started real basic, small courses, really nice people. Was it so, was it called Scientology or did they bring you bring it in under a different kind of a name for the uh, studies? It's called the Life Improvement Center. Ah. It was called the Life Improvement Center. Although I did know that uh, I you know I did understand after asking uh, questions and of course I had to study on course to learn this as Dianetics studied the mind and Scientology study is a study of the spirit. So um, and that it. it was considered a religion, but it's non-denominational. So I was raised Catholic, and I thought, well, okay, so I don't have to, I can be whatever I want to be and still practice this technology or this stuff. 
And um, and that's basically how it started. In the beginning, it was just a no-brainer. It was like everybody said I was awesome and you're so great. And I'm like, who doesn't want to be told that? Yeah, absolutely. It was interesting about it is uh, you, you, point, you said something in, in your own volunteer statement there that kind of points to how it all starts with, and, and I keep saying called. I know you've called it the cult before. Um, it starts with they saw that sign of weakness. You broke down crying in front of somebody that was uh, mm-hmm. looking to recruit you. You find your ruin. What's your ruin in life? Well, I want to help people. Well, guess what? This is the group that can help mankind. We're going to help this everybody. Is the group that is, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And for, for, you know, open up credit cards and wire some money. But I didn't find out that till later. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, I really felt in the beginning I was, I was going to help uh, people and, and improve my own life, you know. And, uh, you know, so people say, well, did you get anything out of it? I said, well, of course. Any, anything I've ever done, I did Course in Miracles. I went to a unity church. I, I mean, I, I, I've done lots of things, I meditate or yoga. It helps in some way. What happens is with Scientology, they bring you in, and all of a sudden you have just gone into a rabbit hole. You have completely, you're, you're told you become more yourself. And the longer I was in, the less myself I became. You know, I was a happy-go-lucky person. And then at a certain point, I was afraid to be too big or too happy or too, they call it um, outvalence. And a valence is a personality. So no, if you're, a, you know, outvalence, you're not being yourself. This is sort of something they're conditioning uh, during some of these studies. Oh, my God, you have no idea. I, I had no idea the indoctrination. I mean, th- there's a whole language uh, that's created. And I remember um, George Orwell, 1984, and my daughter came home from school, junior high, and said, Mama, this reminds me of Scientology. I said, what? And she goes, well, they create their own language, you know. And it's true. Um, there's certain terminology in Scientology that still comes off my tongue, and I – I literally throw up a little bit. I, I cannot <laughs> believe sometimes I'm like, please. I can't, it's so it's so ingrained. I call it right. psychology PTSD, you know. Oh, wow. Well, it's it's interesting, though, because it seems to me like uh, they don't really give you a lot starting out. And what happens is, if I'm not, if I'm not cor- incorrect, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. it's almost like they're making you feel like you have to earn that knowledge to know more and more before they give you uh, some of these details. Yeah, it's, a, it's a dangling, the, I call it dangling the carrot of spiritual freedom. You reach one level, and you've opened up a can of worms, and, man, you've got to go on to the next one because you've opened up a part of your, it's called case in Scientology. You've opened up that part of you, and now if you don't go on to the next level, you could pull in illness, disease, or even death. And I'm like, uh, well, I don't want to die, so I guess I'll just, and I was I was making three, 400000 doing voiceover. I was doing great. I was I was very successful, um, and trust me, I got I got to the highest level, only to find out there was I lost well, I lost campaigns, only to find out I was like just I was became disenchanted because when I when I stopped being able to contribute or when I didn't have money or when things happened, I was uh, labeled a PTS, which is a potential trouble source. And when you're connected to a suppressive person, you have to handle or disconnect from that person. Well, you know, there are people in my life that were trying to help me. It doesn't mean they were suppressive. Right. And um, and when I had nothing, I mean, when I lost everything, my I, 
went through, I, I lost my home, I was on food stamps. I'm not saying that, oh, feel sorry for me. I was on food stamps for three months, okay? I needed to right. get through the holidays. And uh, there, wasn't, there wasn't Scientologists helping me because you can't be connected to me because I'm, I'm not in a good state. So you have to wait until I, I'm doing better before you can hang out. I had one girlfriend tell me, I can't talk to you until you handle that situation. And I was like, really? You can't talk? Well, I guess then you're probably never going to talk to me because that situation is never going to resolve. My daughter's father will always be her father. Right. So guess what? You know? I mean, that's that's the craziness. And, you know, people, my, my utilities being turned off and random people, uh, you know, helping me out. Never, I never asked for help. I never did a GoFundMe or Kickstarter to, to get somebody to pay my, my house payment or, or back rent or whatever. But, um, yeah, now I'm, I mean, I've, I've been for three years traveling and doing theater. And, you know, I wanted to bring up a point. You said something about the reviews. Can I just tell you the greatest, greatest gift from those reviews are? They, the, the story is true. It's told in a theatrical setting. It's funny. It's sad. It's moving. It's cathartic. And it's eye-opening in, yeah. in a huge way. The reviews never said, oh, she's a victim. Oh, she's. right. The reviews were, were awesome because the story is true. And and how how my director, Shirley Anderson, pieced all my writing together and, and, and helped present it in a way that people say 80 minutes. I had I did not look at my watch once. I did not... I was surprised it was over when it was over. So that's cool. You know, well, something about that that I was thinking about was when when you've lived it. Now, there's going to be people who mm-hmm. think, well, look, it's her word against theirs. Well, it's like uh, from what from my count, the last ten, fifteen years, it's like a hundred people versus their word. But the your story resembles yeah. a lot of other stories. But what happens is, and I shouldn't say story, your experience. And the yeah. reason why the reviews can be so good and the reason why the show can be so good is because you lived it, and that comes through in the performance. They have no choice but to go along that ride with you and feel your story because mm-hmm. it's so legitimate, because it's so honest, and that comes through mm-hmm. in any performance. Look, I, I spent nearly I have 14 and a half years in when I decided to leave and five years going, how can I get out? I had some money on account. I still have money on account. I'll never see. I still have people who owe me money, but I had a little bit of money left on account, and I was being evicted from, from our house that we rent, and um, I needed that money. So I waited, of course. It took years to get it, and they took, um, I think, 3% interest on money that they had on account for 10 years. Um, uh-huh. And I proved that when I sent in the paper. I showed that in one of the articles that was posted last week. I wanted I wanted you to see that particular piece of paper so people go, oh, she's not lying. There it is. There's the date. There's the amount of money and invoices of the hundreds of thousands of dollars I spent because it isn't it isn't a lie. It's true. I spent that and 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 I and I take responsibility for handing over the credit card, for handing over the wire transfer. But at a certain point, you are so indoctrinated into this viewpoint of spiritual freedom that I became, uh, you know, like, God, I have to have that, you know? Yeah, well, well you're, um, you it, said it. And then, of course, it left me. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you said it's almost like poker, right? You put so many chips in the pot, and then you realize you're not hitting the cards you need to hit. But you've already bet so much, you got to go ahead and call the all-in. You know, it's, yeah, and I kept saying, just you know, I got to finish what I start. I paid right. for it. Let's just finish this next thing. And then all of a sudden, you think you're done, and there's something else. Or you know what? The craziest thing about it is, you do something in Scientology, and about five to ten years later, maybe 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 three years later, you have to redo it because they said, oh, we were missing this one piece of data that Ron L. Ron Hubbard wrote. We found it oh. in archival blah blah. So now I'm redoing the state of clear or redoing objectives. This is the uh, thing on the in Scientology. Does it cost you? Book. It's a ruse. It costs you uh, again to take it again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, wow. You have to take it. Yeah. So so when you know it's like oh money's money's down I'm gonna I'm gonna you know it's like putting something new on the menu. But really, it's just leftovers. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that just occurred to you. It's all yours. You heard it here first, everybody. Uh, <laughs> it's like putting something new on the menu, but it's leftovers. That's a Scientology. Yeah, oh, God, that's so funny. I'm going to write that in. Okay. <laughs> we just we got new material for the show right here. <laughs> yeah, I had two glasses of iced tea, so I'm on a caffeine buzz. There you go. So, so you mentioned something earlier that occurred to me is um, if you're getting help from other people, they started calling you suppressive. Does that mean that it, it seems to me that if it's not coming from the people in Scientology, it's not coming from a place that's worthy or, or should be accepted? Well, I, you know, you kind of think your own group, the group that helps mankind, that, that is the, the only hope for mankind, would help. But no, when you're down, you're, you're, you're a degraded being. When you're not doing well, you're considered connected or some way you have some, something suppressive connected to you. Now, I just asked for help. I called up the woman who, who regged, and it's called regging when you reg for money, when you ask for money okay. for certain courses. Or, so when I called her up and asked for help, she hung up the phone. And she bridged nearly half a million dollars to me, and I thought, wait a minute, you were my best friend, bringing cookies and tea and all this stuff, and hey, do you need this, do you need that? And when I was in Clearwater doing my upper levels, I said, but I call and go, hey, I'm really, I'm really broke right now, and there's some money on account that I could use so that I don't get kicked out of my house. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Is anyone there? I was like, the phone went dead. I'm like, okay, well, that's oh, telling. Also, friends that were in Scientology, all of a sudden I lost I lost agents, managers, my tax guy. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty. Luckily, I wasn't born into Scientology, so I didn't suffer like other, other people do right now. People that were in and wanted to leave, but their family members stayed in. Right. They're completely disconnected. Look, I'm very lucky in that regard. Um, and I will fight to expose that as well as, as the people that are already out there fighting. I, hey, I'm, I'm, this is not new. There have been people, you know, trying to wake, wake up the world to Scientology's disconnection policy. So, so you would say that your value as a member of the Church of Scientology, which I, I, I cringe every time I say church, but um, yeah. your membership as a as a person in in the Church of Scientology really depends, or your statue rather, really depends on your wallet. Like the more money you have, the more yeah. the better treatment you'll receive. 
There's three categories. You're either a celebrity and they use your face on posters and tell everybody you too can be this. It is. It's true. Of course, when I got into Scientology, I was not aware of any celebrities. It was I didn't have a computer. I don't think the the internet was just starting. Um, I think it was Netscape, yeah, <laughs> thing or Internet Explorer, you know, where it made that noise. Yep. Uh, but I didn't have a computer when I got in, so it's not like I could read anything. And once you're in, you're not really allowed to to look up anything on the internet, any any black PR or read anything bad. It's the celebrity. It's the public like me who continues to to go up the bridge to spiritual freedom and you know you keep you keep you know they keep dangling that carrot and I'm just that that kind of person that was like I want that until there was no money left um and then you have the C organization or staff people that join the church either on staff at a local organization or they sign the billion year contract to become a C org member where they work you know 50 to 80 hours a week for I don't know, 50 bucks. Uh, I think they get paid differently at different places. But for the most part, you have those three categories. So I represent not the Sea Org or staff member, not celebrity, just a Joe Schmo public person who went in under the idea that she was going to help improve her life and help others. And I left, um, I always say I left, uh, you know, only I spent nine hundred eighty-three thousand dollars in nearly two decades, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. Right. Actually, I never did get a T-shirt. So. No, that would, that would be that too much. Fun. That would be too much. Um, yeah. How far into your studies when you first walked in there was it? Until they had you squeeze the cans. Oh, right away! I squeezed those cans right away. You you understand the um, the the whole play on words with yes, my cans? Yeah, I sure do. Okay, so there's the e-meter is an electronic device like a lie detector and it's connected to these two wires and it holds metal cans and you hold on to the cans the wires actually have electricity that flows through them but it's only that like um of a nine volt battery right so you hold on to the cans and you know your your palms have a sensation or a, a, a wetness to them you're, you're able to to uh, measure a mental state i of course thought Yes, they're reading my mind. It knows I can't think of anything. That needle on the dial is going to move, and and yeah, I, I pretty pretty quickly I was on the meter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. today's by today's standards, if you look at a picture of the meter, which I believe they're still using. It, oh yeah, yeah, they keep upgrading them. But I heard you know they charged, you know I paid ten thousand for one meter, but but originally it was thirty five hundred. But I heard it cost about three hundred. You gotta buy a meter. Oh yeah, you have to buy two meters, my friend. You have to buy two meters in case one breaks. <laughs> oh, that's not suggested. That is like you must buy a backup. No, it's required for the upper levels because when you when you get into the upper levels, you're auditing yourself. So, so mm. uh, you have to have one you know backup meter charged and ready to go. Oh my God, I can't even believe it. Okay. Uh, I can't believe the money. <laughs> so when you look back at it, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad about that, but when you look back at no, it. No, you did. You made me feel bad. No, I'm Joe. sorry. I, I, <laughs> now it's my fault. No, I'm, yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, I'm not going to get the money back. I, I, It's the years. It's the years that they took from me. And I, oh, uh, wow. I mean, so, yeah. you know, it's that, that stuff, but I'm, you know, I'm, I wrote a show, and I'm traveling, and I'm doing theater, and I'm writing music and songs, and, and I'm Coming. walking dogs and mm-hmm. cleaning houses and organizing, and I, I'm enjoying my life. That's it's important. So, That's important. Right. Now, let me talk about mm-hmm. that, though. When I look at pictures of this meter, of these cans, it looks to me like nothing more than two styrofoam cups that either end of a string. 
<laughs> is there yeah. any science behind it? When you when you would audit yourself, could you see something? Did they teach you how to use it so it looked like there, you could actually tell that a response was matching a negative or a positive? Oh, event? sure, sure. Hey, do you? Okay, so so you're asked a question, and then and the needle on the dial moves. You ask a, a question about your, you know, an orange, and you don't like oranges. Maybe the needle will drop, and you'll have to say, okay, why don't you like oranges? Or what did you do to that orange to make it not like you? Or whatever. Oh, so how could you get a definite reading on that? Go ahead. <laughs> because, well, listen, you ever you ever do something that that you thought was probably not okay, like when you were a kid? Yep. Like, um, okay, and your mom said, "Hey, did you do that?" And you're like, "No," but you did do it. Mm-hmm. So if you're holding the cans, and I asked you if you smoked pot, and you said no, and that needle, you're you're you're. You maybe got a little sweaty. Maybe you maybe you had a little bit of an internal spot, and the needle's gonna move. Yeah, I mean, so I, I guess it's like a lie detector. Loosely based but, on know, that technology. What? Very loosely based on a lie detector. Loosely, loosely based, and also, you know, I I talk about um, my oh gosh, I don't even know how to put this into words because I don't know where this is going. If children are gonna listen to it, but you know, things that are normal. Mm-hmm. For a normal human body to experience, all of a sudden, if you ask the question every which way to Sunday, eventually you're going to go, well, is it wrong? And mm. all of a sudden you're starting to think, well, maybe I shouldn't have slept with that person. <laughs> you know? Right, it's normal things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, I never thought it was, you know, so whatever. I mean, look, we're all human. We all make mistakes. My mistake was joining Scientology. So my show, Squeeze My Can, is a story about how a Nebraska Catholic girl from 10 kids gets into a cult and stays in it and then gets out. And and I'm able to tell the journey of that time Mm -hmm. in there in order, hopefully, to enlighten other young people, 20-somethings that were like, I'm just searching for answers. I want to better the world. I want to help do this. There, hey, Scientology is not the only cult out there. Nope. There's there's cults in in, and I don't want to. I don't. I'm not talking about religious cults. I'm talking there are cults all over the place. I mean, I have a friend who was in a, a bad marriage, an abusive marriage for 17 years. She lives her own cult. Yeah. You know, it's we all suffer and make mistakes. It's how we recover. It's how we own our lives as they are now. And this is my way. This is therapy for my soul. This is my journey and my new chapter, you know? Uh, absolutely. That's a, it's a beautiful message, and I think it's a strong one, and that's one of the reasons, you know, I want to have you on to talk about that because uh, I, you know, I, it's hard for me to to try to speak from a place where I identify because I don't, as I've never been through that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I've seen, I, I've communicated with you through Twitter and social media, and, and I know that you're, mm-hmm. uh, you're a great human being. You're a wonderful lady. And um, no, no problem. And when I go and I look and I read about good people going through things like that, you know, you feel for them. I mean, I don't want to talk about like pity or feel sorry, but you just feel for yeah. them. And you, you hate to see people get taken advantage of. It's, it's like the, the bullshitter. You know, uh, you see mm-hmm. someone telling all these bullshit stories, and and you go, mm-hmm. you see people eating it up, and you go, how are they, how are they listening to this? You know, you know, and you, yeah. you please don't be yeah. swayed by that person because they're they're clearly full of it but they're so charming they got such a way about them that they just and, and people right. can be some of the best smartest people are very trusting people and it's real easy to get right. to people like that 
You know, people's intentions are good. Yes. People are basically, you know, trying to trying to live a good life, make a good living. I mean, I lost my insurance, my medical insurance. Um, first time in 30 years I lost insurance. I have no insurance right now. Um, my hmm. my daughter has no insurance. Right? I mean, you know, like I am I'm worried, I'm concerned, but I'm not going to let it ruin my day. I'm going to go out and make some money and, and, and handle and keep myself healthy and and stuff, but the thing is, is that um, oh, we all there was a point you made, and I wanted to bring it up, and I'm trying to remember. Early on, you were just saying, um, getting coming from a place of wanting to help. Oh, I know you were you were talking about reading about Twitter and this and that. Okay, yeah. so so I've had a little bit of press, as you've noticed, which is kind of overwhelming in in a sense because it's like I didn't know that interview I did was with a big newspaper, which would go to another one, which would go to another <laughs> one. So I keep getting these comments of people saying, don't read the comments, don't read the comments. And, of course, I'm not going to read the comments. I don't have time to read the comments. Right. But there was one particular, my friend in northern Wisconsin, who used to hire me as a producer doing voiceover, she sent me a screenshot of someone <laughs> who wrote after reading D-List or Huffington Post or something. I just IMDb'd her. She was nothing. She was just a clown on the Bozo show in Chicago. <laughs> and my friend wrote back and went, uh, she was an internet, she was a national voiceover artist. She had 10, 20 national voiceovers going on at one time. You're not going to find that on IMDb. And I just, it made me laugh because, yeah. you know, she was just a clown. <laughs> All right, so that's part one. Stay tuned for next week on Thursday at its regularly scheduled time. You can hear part two where Kathy talks about Tom Cruise, celebrities, uh, just about everything to do, everything you ever heard about Scientology, including, yes, the intergalactic meter made of overpopulation himself, Zenu. So please stay tuned for that. Until then, this about sums it up. Have a great week and stay connected. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come on. Come on. Yeah.